For another week at the barbershop on playersvoice.com. I am your host, Mark Gray, joined by my NBA co-host, my main man, nine-year NBA vet, Demar Johnson. How you doing today, brother? I'm gonna get eight, but please say there we go. Eight years. Is that including the, the one year that you didn't play? Are you that counting that? When the accident? Yeah, I'll count that. Okay, so really seven, Jesus. I'm giving you all kinds of credit. Joined <laughs> to the right of him is my NFL expert. Played 15 years. No, I'm just joking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, NFL former veteran, Maryland's all-time leader, Russia, Lamont Jordan. How you doing today, brother? What's going on, folks? Speaking of Maryland, man, we lost both of our, our second quarterback in a row yeah. to a season-ended ACL injury. Yeah. You don't really come back from that, do you? I mean, it's tough, you know, but I'll tell you what, the, the, the Patriots went 11-5 without Brady more years. We'll see. So now you just compare the Maryland football team to the Patriots. If ever there was a stretch, that that would be it right there. Just let you know there's hope. No, nah, I don't think there's any hope. But um, and speaking of which, I was it's in typical Maryland fashion. We go out there, go to Texas, beat Texas convincingly, and then come home and lose to uh, what was it UCF at home convincingly. Isn't that just how we do? I mean, you know what? Losing your quarterback, especially your second string quarterback, you don't come into the season. Thinking that that was this week four that you're gonna be down to your third quarterback. Yeah. So. Yeah, I get it. It's just frustrating. Just when it's like for you get that one little glimpse of hope when you got Texas. You know me. I've been I've never been on the Maryland football bandwagon. Mm-hmm. When we beat Texas in Texas, I was like maybe. Yeah. And yeah. then it's like now nah. then we lose to UCF at home. Like that's the Maryland football I know. You know I had us going eight wins this year. Yeah, I don't pay your predictions any attention. Yeah, I understand. That. <laughs> I understand that we were looking good before we lost. Before we lost our, our first and second string quarterback. Before we get into the NFL, um, the mellow saga, which has been seeming like it's going on for geez, three years now. Every year we ask ourselves, "Where's Mellow going to go? Where's Mellow going to land?" Mellow finally has a home. Mellow is now in OKC. So, Demar. You know Mello's former teammate of yours, played with him for several years, know him personally. What do you think of the trade and how does this Mello fit in OKC? Before that, we all we all represent our, our schools right now. That's, that wasn't even planned. No, it wasn't. You're right. We got Maryland, Cincy, and Maryland. They probably can't see yours, but you got your Cincy. But I mean, I pretty much always have on something, Maryland. Yeah, I'm looking like a... Uh, outsider. You know. Under Armour mascot, but oh, okay. then I guess we actually sponsored by Under Armour on that one too. Everybody's got Under Armour. And in case you guys haven't noticed, uh, this is the Slimbotron. That's what it says right there. So Slim will be broadcasting live from the Slimbotron. He's requested a better a better name tag for next week, so I have to get on that. <laughs> All right, so Melo, um, I, I, I love I love the move. Um, I was I was worried about the Houston thing. Um, you know, with, with I mean, we you know Westbrook needs the ball a lot, but with you guys, Harden and um, Chris Paul needing the ball in Houston, and him already having you know a bad experience with Coach D'Antoni, I was kind of curious how, how that was going to work out. Going to OKC, 
is um makes that scene very very interesting um and and I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him he was able to get out of there um and i feel like he, he's in a good situation so over this weekend it was it was uh when the, when the news broke um Webb, you know he was over here and he asked me what i thought talent wise talent wise that three is every bit can match up with any three you can take those three and they can match with anybody including Golden State. The, now, so when he asked me, do you think that they are better? Do I think talent-wise? I think talent-wise, they are on par with anybody and probably any team that's ever been assembled in terms of just three. Um, that being said, I do not think that they will play. What what makes Golden State great is not only the talent; it's the way that they play basketball. And I do not think that those three can play Golden State basketball. Um, it's puzzling to me how people. If me and you can sit here and watch from home and say, man, these guys are playing winning basketball, how while Westbrook and others and Chris Paul uh, can sit at home and not say, you know, we need to pass the ball more. You know, I, I don't think with Westbrook shooting 27 shots in a game and eight turnovers and all of that, I don't think that will beat a Golden State team. So if the talent is, let's say, equal, you know, which I, I think that t Golden State has more depth, but the way that they play basketball so much it's such a better brand of winning basketball that you still have to give them the nut. I, I agree with you one hundred percent. This is something I've been saying for a while now. I never let that go to state as some some super team. Um, even more so with Kevin being there now, they say what well, Tatum won seventy three games as Kevin Durant. I'm like, I never thought they were the super team. I thought they was a team that just played extremely well together. They were unselfish, they made the right plays, and they defended well. And, you know, they knocked down shots, but it wasn't just a whole bunch of talent on that team like that. Them guys are all overachievers in my eyes, but, you know, aside from Kevin. The rest of them guys, nobody knew they were going to be as good as they are now. And it's for, like, you know, OKC, um, you know, Melo and Lee belonged to Carmelo and LeBron James at one point in time. It was them two. In, in Dwayne Wade, Dwayne Wade kind of, you know, boosted himself up over Melo. But it was supposed to be Brian and, Brian and Melo. And, you know, Paul George, you know, one of the best players in the league, best two-way player in the league, they say. Absolutely. Best best the MVP. Talent-wise, um, the, the three probably is better than go to State. Because if, if Melo is the third person in that team, and I'll take Melo over Draymond, a lot of people probably won't because for some reason everybody just loves Draymond. Definitely for some reason. I personally think if Draymond was on another team and had another role then he wouldn't he wouldn't he couldn't give you too much. Um so it really just depends on how how, how they play. I'm, I'm curious because um it, it, it was funny I was I'm in a group chat with some other NBA guys and they were just saying, you know, see Paul George wants to be MVP this year. You know, Melo got something to prove. And Westbrook could care less about any of that. Do, do, do you think maybe now that Westbrook has done, he did the triple-double, he got the league MVP, he did a, Do you think maybe, we, like, is there any possibility that we can move past that now and, like, let's let's show that we can do something else? Or he only knows how to play one way? I think he knows how to play one way. we got we got to be past the triple-double. Right. I think, I think we should be past that because we clearly seen that it was kind of, he's, he's playing for sets. And um, now, now with them scores out there, you know, you, you, 
you can't do that. You can still get your points. You can still get your assists. You can still get your rebounds. But you know, it's it's, it's different now. You got to you got to stop. You got to play the right way to beat Golden uh, State. Give me in order one through three shot attempts next year on that OKC team. Who leads the team in shots? Who's second and who's third? Um, it'll be it'll be Russell, okay, Melo and Paul. Yeah, I, I, in order for me to say they have a chance to beat Golden State, Westbrook can't lead the team in shots. He led the team in shots when Kevin was there. Yeah, I know, I know, and that's why I think part of the reason that they just they didn't reach. I mean, they're, you know, they're up three one, and when you, I think that's the difference. I really do. When Kevin went to Golden State. The way we saw Steph Curry just take such a, and I don't even want to say a backseat because that implies that his play dipped and it really didn't. It was how much everybody checked their ego at the door. That's what makes them good. Cause, I mean, Steph said before he came in there, man, I don't care about no face of the team. I'm just out here just trying to play basketball the right way. I don't care about none of them accolades. I want to win a championship. That's all that matters. The rest of that stuff means nothing to me. And that's that's the attitude you gotta have. I, I bet though he was unselfish. By the even by the way they played, like you know, letting Draymond bring the ball up the floor. Cause Steph can really go out there and average ten assists if he wanted to. <laughs> but he he comes off the ball, Draymond here. We gonna we gonna now you know Draymond will be our triple double guy. We gonna let him bring the ball up the floor and create. So he can get him some assists. Cause he he not gonna take the shots that we gonna take. So we gonna you know make his value look better to the league. Yeah, no, absolutely, and, and and we've said several times on this show when Clay gets cooking or vice versa, Steph Curry's his biggest fan. Like, I mean, he's jumping up and down, and we'll, this is a guy who's a two-time league MVP back to back, and we'll see him if Clay hits three in a row. Steph's like, here, you, you know, come, let's get some more, keep going, let's see if you can do sixty, a hundred, you know, whatever the case may be, and vice versa. You, you know, same thing with um with Kevin this year when they play OKC, and he was passing up. He was passing up all kinds of shots just to make sure Kevin was getting the ball. Right, and and, uh, and then if we go back a year, and if we go back a year before, I've seen we've seen Kevin Durant hit four shots in a row in OKC, and then not touch the ball the next six trips down the floor. You, you know because uh, Russell decided, you know it would be great if we were both high. <laughs> you know like that would be good. That'd be great if we're right. both on fire. How unstoppable would we be? And I, I don't understand the psyche. Maybe you can help me because you've been in the NBA locker room. If you see the Spurs, you see Golden State, you see Boston when they had it. If you see what wins, why is it so hard to do that? Because that, because it ain't, it ain't what you practice every day. It ain't, it ain't what you. I mean, guys are like we lost to the Spurs twice when I was in Denver. Um, Melo's going to be Melo. Melo's going to score the ball. We're not going to play the way the Spurs play because we're we're not coached that way. And we're just going to do what we've been coached all year. That's it, now again um, a problem. With OKC, they do look like they're built pretty top heavy, and they're one or two injuries away from even being worse than they were last year. Yeah, you know, one of those guys goes down, and it's like now we really just are running with Westbrook and and, and, and nothing else. Um, you would like them to get a. I, I don't know. Maybe if you're with that when you got them at such top heavy teams, you know, do you think they still need to add one piece? Um, need to be a bench piece, though. Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I do, I do, I, I do think that top heavy. <coughs> you know, 
Simpson helped a little bit. While it's easy to sit here and talk about Clay and Steph and and uh, and KD, let's not act like Eagle Dollars and, and Sean Livingston's and like those guys chip in and make a huge difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know Eagle Dollars. But I, I feel like those guys maybe that they can they if they were somewhere else it would be something different too. Oh, absolutely. Like, but I. Know, I some, Fighting to get back in the league for a while, he fell into a great spot. Right. Um, Iggy, Iggy been on. He he comes in, don't play a lot, you know, play some defense, get out of transition. They leave him alone to him and shoot out of the threes. He still, you know, he take care of his body. He get out of transition, get a few dunks every now and again, but he's not asked to do that much. No, he's not. But the, the part I feel like part of putting together those championship teams is finding it. Yeah. That Iguodala, that Sean Livingston, that, you know, because, I mean, at certain games, they steal as much as almost 30 minutes out of Iguodala, you know, and like, and, and and whether he does something spectacular, he's not costing you the game, you know, versus, you know, OKC's out there with Robertson, who's literally just 100% liability. I still think that's that's more so on how you play, because if, if Iguodala was, was um, say he was on OKC or something like that, then he's not going to get the opportunities that he gets, and and um, and, and go to state. I feel like you can you can replace Iguodala with say Richard Jefferson. Yeah. And they and he's going to give you the same thing if not more. Yep. Yeah. I agree. I agree. The the coaching is going to come in and it's going to be. How, how about the? What do you think about the? Um, I don't know what you know about uh, either of the other two stars. What do you think about the Eagles? You think it'll be okay? Egos, yeah. Um, I do. I mean, when we see Melo and Russell was in the jump playing together, even before the trade with that, and I just feel like when you're making moves that big, that everybody's kind of involved, and you know, you I feel like front office is talking to Russell. You think this could work out with Melo? What you think about um, Paul and, and stuff like that? Okay, and especially where, where the, the point of in, in Melo's career where he is now where it's just like listen I just want to play basketball I'm focused in I need I need to get to the finals at this point I've scored a lot of points out of it. I, I've always heard you talk about Iverson when he came to you guys and I, I'm thinking the same thing right like what you said Iverson came in and was like listen if Melo wants to score a thousand points that's good I've already done that I'm just here to right. win and so I'm thinking now it's Melo's turn to be like hey I don't already got scored one scoring titles that's great I'm here for one thing and one thing only Right. Yeah. Hey, I was basically like, man, he said somebody, I ain't never been looked off, you know, like that. Or something with a break or something like that. He's like, man, listen, I got four scoring titles. I don't care about scoring. I just want to win a championship. You know, that's that's the only reason I'm here. He said, my dog can have all the accolades he want. I'm just here to win. And, and one other news, I don't know how big or small it is, and it's not much of a shock, at least to me, uh, Dwayne Wade reunites with LeBron. Um... Big deal, little deal, no deal. You say 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 that again. LeBron, uh, Dwayne Wade bought out like we knew, and he now joins LeBron. Um, yeah. LeBron has all the help in the world you could possibly ask of, and I'm sure they're not even done. I'm sure there's probably still more to come. Um, I hope <laughs> Right? How many people left? You talking about a? We now have a, a league MVP, a Finals MVP. A, I mean, he just had everything you could possibly think of. <clears throat> he's he's got everything known to man. Um, how much of a deal do you think that uh, Dwayne Wade going to Cleveland is? I think it's huge. Okay. Um, Dwayne Wade is still a productive player on both ends of the floor. 
and especially going into a situation where he he's not even needed like that. He's just an added piece and and all the stuff that he can bring to the table. Um, and the chemistry that him and LeBron has has always been amazing. Um, what he's going to do for the locker room, uh, you know, I, I mean, he's, he's going to help out LeBron, Ty Lue, and, and everybody in that locker room. Um, and, and just to add with all the other pieces they have, this this that team is loaded, man. They they were loaded last year and they got more loaded this year. I, I agree. They um I mean if you think about it, in the offseason they've now they've lost Kyrie, which is huge, which is definitely huge. But you've um added an Isaiah Thomas, which, you know, hopefully assuming that he gets back to somewhere even close to what he was. You added Crowder, which is huge. Nobody's talking about that. That's a huge pickup. Defensive player, and he can help you on the offensive end. Um, you added Derrick Rose, which I think is also huge. I think I think the combination of Rose and D Wade, like whether between the two of them, if you can get twenty four minutes out of each one of them, like that's a lot of good basketball. You know, I, I don't think either one of them is what they once were, but they both can play very good basketball for stretches of time. Absolutely. You, you know, so they so and, and and they still got that draft pick out there. And they got a seven footer in that deal. Seven footer draft pick. Man, they 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 reloaded a lot more. That way that way pick that way pickup was kind of unfair, actually. Yeah, but that being said, are we you still sticking with Golden State? I don't know, man. <laughs> right. I don't, I don't know. You know what I'm saying it's a, it's hard. I mean, it, it it's it's hard for me to picture anybody beating Golden State in seven games. I just got to see. I got. I got. I got to see how how this team plays together, and I got to see if guys stay healthy and, and all that. I, I can't imagine a healthy, a healthy Cavs team that that they have right now is got to be got to be pretty pretty hard, pretty hard. The only, th- only thing that with their only thing that'll be in like Golden State's favor maybe is Will Wade on the floor and maybe the Rose on the floor is taken away. The shooting, yeah, that my need, right? You know, but with Golden State, I, I agree. I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, keep, even though Corbett didn't hit a shot last year, you keep McCorver off the floor. You keep it Fry off the floor and Fry off the floor. Guys who, because you know, that's those are the kind of teams that LeBron, you know, needs around because he just draws so much attention and you find them shooters and it makes you. You know, then when you stuck some shooters there, he got a lane to the basket, just kind of hard to guard. Now, you know, with them guys in there, it's going to clog up the lane. I, I think it should be an interesting season. I'm looking forward to the season. I, I'm, I'm glad to see Houston and OKC uh, step their game up and at least bring two more teams to the discussion because it's been a two. Last year was from the beginning. Last year they really didn't even need to have the NBA season. I mean, there was we could just went straight to the finals. We knew exactly what was going on there this year. You know, we add another two teams to the to the um, mix, so it should make for a better season. Yeah. All right. Let's. Yeah. I'm, I'm very excited about this job. I'm excited. I want to see. I want to see Philly play. Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota. The Lakers. I am interested. There, there's three storylines there. I am interested to see Philly, and if this finally comes to fruition, and, and you know these guys can somewhat stay healthy, I am interested to see what that's Philly. You know, we. we it was a process. That's what they said. Trust the process. And it's been four or five years, how many years it is. Like, it's time to see what we got. You know, we got, trying to see what this Ben Simmons hype is. 
can uh, what's the name stay healthy uh, and be like let's see what they got and also oh you know what else New Orleans I, I was I completely forgot that um, slash didn't know that Rondo went there yeah so let's see what though with Anthony Davis DeMarcus Cousins and Rondo can do with an offseason under their belt that could be some trouble I'm real. I'm real interested about about this whole NBA season. I think it's going to be it's going to be real fun this year. I hope so. I, I do hope so. I forgot all about that New Orleans thing, and that should be interesting. And then we got we got Blake. We got Blake without Chris Paul. I want to see how if he grows. I don't. Know, not I doubt that. Paul. How does that going to change DeAndre Jordan's game? You really? What do you think is going to happen to DeAndre Jordan? I think DeAndre Jordan might be on the show with us next year, or whenever his contract runs. Like I mean. What is he going to do without Chris Paul? You, you expect something out of him? I've seen DeAndre play without Chris, and I've seen him actually do things on the block. He just never got the opportunity. So wow! You got footage. You got unseen footage of, of, De, of DeAndre Jordan doing something on the block? Yeah, I've seen left hooks, right hooks, turn around. I've seen all that. Yeah. Oh, all right. Interesting. I, I expect nothing out of the uh, out of the Clippers. I think the Clippers are going to be taking a huge step back without Chris Paul. But we'll see. All right, let's get into the NFL. A week three that was uh, that was just totally upside down. Um, I guess we're not going to spend too much time on it. Um, either one of you have anything you want to say about all the protests and and, and maybe if it had a, an effect on what? Because we all agree that week three was just really odd in terms of the results on the field. And one, anything you want to say about all the protests and two. Do you think there's any correlation? I guess we'll start with you, Lamont. What were they protesting? Huh? What were they protesting? That that that's a that's a great question. I mean, that's really the. I guess my biggest thing with what happened that every team could unite to take a knee and whatever it was they were doing. The tipping point seems to be that Donald Trump, the president, called them. Sons of bitches, and that seems to be what had everybody up in up in honor, which is a far cry from what Kaepernick had in mind when he started this and protest. That's where I, and that's where I was headed. So, you know, we can protest because it's being called out of our names, but you know, it's a bad idea to protest police brutality. Right. You know, it just, so like, what exactly are we protesting? I mean, so, I mean, it just was to me. It just was what it was. I, mean, I, I do. We, we, we're not going to spend much time on this at all. But I do think that, much like the nation, I do feel like this president has found a way to divide people at all levels, just all across the board, divide. And when I hear the stories in the locker room, without being in the locker room, it has to be when we say the whole team is going to stay in. You have that right to decide that. And I have the right to go outside and... And being there, you, you know what I mean? So when everybody says we're all going to stay in, you know, and um, Villanueva on the Steelers says, I'm going to go out. You, whether you whether those intentions or not, you now have a divide in the locker room. And, um, you know, it, that can't be healthy. I mean, doesn't that seem like that's the plan? Not just with football, but just with everything to divide. Yeah, and, and I just feel like it, it's not healthy. I mean, in any workforce, yeah. and it's just looking at the NFL as a workforce, it's just not healthy. I mean, at the end of the day, this whole taking a knee for the flag started because 
of Colin Kaepernick. He was pointing out the injustices that are going on. And quite frankly, if you're going to talk about protests, to me, that's the only thing that should be protested. So what you got called out your name? I mean, big deal. Yes, the president should not be doing that. But at the end of the day, everybody knew what we were getting ourselves into when that man got voted into office. So it's no sense to sit here and act in all shock and surprise. Let's talk about what Colin Kaepernick took a knee for. I agree 100%. DJ? Um, well, initially, Colin, obviously, he took the knee for, um, you know, racial equality. <coughs> and um, he, he, he drew the attention that he was seeking to draw from it, some good, some bad, but nevertheless, he drew the attention from it. Um, and, and you know, it hasn't been as bad. He said, he even said this year that if he would have been on the team, that he would he was standing there. Made his point. He was saying if he was going to be on the team this year, and so now you have the guys. Some guys that still taking the knee this year in the beginning. I feel like now they're taking the knee to speak up for him not having a job, mm-hmm. for not even you know what he was taking the knee for. Also, they're, I think they're representing him like it's unfair that he's not here, so they're taking the knee for him. So then when when um, President Trump came came out and said what he said. Obviously, I feel like guys, you know, everybody, you know, took a stand for for that. It's been it's been away from what Colin took them for. But with that being said, with him coming out, you know, calling everybody out, calling out the owners and calling out the players. Um, I'm I'm not mad at that. I do feel like, you know, even though they got a little off off point, that some statements should have been made towards him. So they, because if they, if everybody that's, that that deal stood up the next week is like, but were they scared? Did they let the president bully him? And I think that's more so that what that was about. You know, this past week is not letting the president bully him and making a stand, letting him know, man, listen, this is the island. We do what we want with it. And it did go of course, but I feel like I'm not mad at them making a statement to to, to him. Yep. All right. Now let's get into the football aspect, which is A1 just hit me and said. Which is odd. I have to listen to the tape. He said, "Me and you, DJ, were seven and nine. No, excuse me. Yeah, me and DJ were seven and nine, and Lamont was eight and eight. I definitely don't think I got seven games right, but we'll go down these and see. I think the Jets game was decided for me. I picked the Jets. Y'all two picked the Dolphins. Definitely picked the Dolphins. I I, I didn't see the uh, the Jets game happening at all. You hear those records, DJ?" Yeah, yeah, I see it. Okay. Um, we can start right there with the Thursday night game. What was the Thursday Rams night game? Packers. No, that's this Thursday. Rams. Oh, you mean, I mean we Rams going over last week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rams. Okay. Rams. The Rams Niners game. Um, Todd Gurley and Sammy Watkins and, and and are good, and we knew that. You know, that, that, that wasn't a surprise. <laughs> but the fact that they're good in the Rams offense and Jeff Goff is starting to look like um, Jared. Huh? You starting to look. You starting. Jared, sorry. Jared Goff is starting to look like the number one overall pick for a reason. And the Rams' offense uh, is alive. Um, is it time to take the Rams serious? Well, <laughs> the offense, I mean, did come alive against San Francisco, but nevertheless, I mean, Gurley has been getting all to a good start. Um, really glad to see they got Sammy Watkins and they got involved in it. They got pieces. They just gotta put it together, and they, and they did. They did put it together on Thursday. I mean, forty-one points is a lot of points. 
Yeah. And, and historically, on these Thursday night games, teams have looked very sloppy, and, and, and you know, a lot of points haven't been put on the board. But, uh, I mean, they put 41 points on the board. I mean, they also gave up 39 to a, to a 49er team that doesn't really have any offense, so that's kind of odd. That's kind of alarming if I'm a, a Rams fan, but they did. Lamont, what you got? Um, you know, the Rams are just going to get better. Wade Phillips, they will eventually get it together with that defense. Um, but that offense, we saw what Sean McVay could do when he was here with the Redskins last year, so... Um, I, I still don't even think I still don't think we've seen the best of this Rams offense yet. Let me ask you this: Do you, Jeff Fisher, all right? Do you do you read anything into like that Jeff Fisher had this team and they look awful? They changed coach and blah, and then boom, or it's not that simple? No, it's not that simple. I mean, if it's the case, if majority of the players in the locker room don't like the coach. But was Sammy Watkins there last year? No. Okay, so him being on your team just takes your team to a whole nother level. Todd Gurley, was he healthy last year? No, not for most of the season. Todd Gurley being healthy, that just takes your team to a whole nother level. And the fact that you bring in Sean McVay, who's running a totally different offense than what than what Jeff Fisher ran. So uh, you have to take all those things into account. And then you also have to think about this, Wade Phillips is a defensive coordinator. And although teams are scoring a lot of points what you have in that locker room is you have a man that's respected that that has won a Super Bowl as a defensive coordinator within the last uh, three years so uh, you know that Rams team is going to they, 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 they're on up and up just have to stay healthy I do think that coaching that coaching change is huge though I mean because you got you got an old school guy like Fisher who's who's going to do things this way really conservative and you know stuck in his ways and then you bring the Someone else who, who women, you know, got more up tempo and, you know, guys maybe respect them a little more. They, when, when you just bring in somebody fresh and just get a fresh new start, if guys lost respect for the coach, I do feel like that changes everything in the locker room. Let me ask you this, Clement, because you actually were How old is, is, um, is this head coach? Okay. Yeah. I don't even know. He's, 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 he's the youngest one in, 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 in league history, no? Yeah, I believe so. You were in a situation in Oakland where. It was um, Art Shell, mm-hmm. an old school, as old school as you can possibly come, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, respected, but respected as probably, you know, as the generations has passed. And you go straight from that to Lane Kiffin at the time, who was younger than some of the players on the team, if I'm not mistaken. Lane Kiffin was, what, mid-30s, maybe even early 30s. How Speak to the change in the locker room culture, just in going from an old school coach to the youngest coach in league history. Because which is essentially kind of what is going on with there in the Rams. At, at my time with Oakland, I mean, it really don't matter what coach was in there. The, the, the locker room culture just was what it was. And so, you know, I said this before, Lane Kiffin, he was a young coach. But when your running back coach is Tom Rathman, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, that you, you, got, you got a support system. When your offensive line coach is, is Tom Cable, you have a support system. When your offensive coordinator is Craig Knapp, you have a support system. So he had coaches around him um, that have pedigree in the National Football League. I mean, me playing running back, I grew up watching Tom Rathman as a 49er fan. So you're going to come out there and you're going to play. So, I mean, at the end of the day, um, you know, I, I, I look at it like this. It doesn't matter how old the coach is. At the end of the day, that's the head coach. And so if I come in with an ego and I'm, and, and I'm all puff with pride and I feel like that because this person is younger than me that I can't learn from them, then I'm setting my team up for disaster. So if that's the mindset that you have with a young coach, then you're going to lose. Let me ask you this before we move on. 
take us into the locker room. Is it how much is the head coach even affecting you, or is it more about your position coach? Is it like you know Lane Kiffin's the head coach, or so and so's the head coach, but they don't even affect my daily basis as much as say my position coach? Is it more like I don't really care who the head coach is, my running backs coach is my is who is what is what really matters, and and same thing with the quarterback and the defensive backs coach. Is it are you more does your position coach almost trump what's going on at the head coach? No, because the head coach is going to put the pressure on the offensive coordinator who's going to put the pressure on the position coaches. It's no different than the school system. You know, the higher-ups are going to put pressure on the people who are nesting them. They're going to put the pressure on the principals and all the pressure is going to, and all, everything is going to come crumbling down on the teachers. And so it's the, it's, it's, it's the same way. Um, my mindset is, as players, if you just go out there and, and you do, do what you're supposed to do, you just go do your job. Because when Bill Belichick says something, the whole organization feels it. When, when North Turner says something, if you have respect for that coach, then, then the whole organization feels it. So it, it really just comes down to what type of leadership that you have in the locker room. Got you. All right, next game, Sunday in London, starts at 9 o'clock. Literally, I got a little bit of a late start on this game. And by the time I turned the television on, the game was over. Like, I mean, just... I don't know if Baltimore just wasn't feeling the commute or, or what the situation was, but um, Jacksonville beat the brakes off of them. And I guess the one to know, I, I didn't see this coming, but I can ask either one of you this. Up 37 to nothing, the Jags go for a fake punt, <laughs> execute it, pick up about 50 or 60 yards, and then proceed to go up 44 to nothing. Uh, classless, unsportsmanlike, uh, what say either one of you guys? Both professional athletes. I um I didn't mind it at all. Um, it's the Jags here. They gotta they they they're on the roll. And they they working on stuff and they gotta you know take advantage of these opportunities that they might not get. <laughs> to try fake punts. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you know all the time they gotta build confidence. They gotta you know they trying to you know they <laughs> give their fans you know something to be excited about. I wasn't. Baltimore didn't show up to play. That's really a, that's really on them. The game wasn't over. It wasn't like it was two minutes left in the game. No, no, absolutely but not. You never know what was going to happen. So you know they got to I thought it was funny. Lamont, was, tell me that that one is definitely filed away in the memory bank. No, what's that? When that happens, like you make take, make, take note of that, and the next time we see them, there's consequences, or you don't um, even care. No big deal. Just an ass whooping is an ass whooping. I don't care. I mean, I look at this final score, and, and the final score said it all. Obviously, your team didn't show up to play. Um, so if you fake a punt, this is how I believe. All right, this is what I believe. And, and someday I'll be, a, I'll be a, high, a high school coach. If my starters, if we go up 28 nothing, okay, I'm going to put my backups in there, all right, my second and my third and my fourth string guys. And guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to keep throwing the ball. I'm going to keep throwing the ball because those guys worked hard and they deserve their opportunity to get their film. And at the end of the day, everybody comes into a game with a head coach, a coaching staff, and players to play the game. All right? They faked the punt. They picked up the first first down. You know what? That was an opportunity for us to get a live shot of something that we've worked on all season long. So at the end of the day, if you don't want it to happen, then you shouldn't be you, you shouldn't be down by that much. Jacksonville Jaguars have been in pretty much in the dumps for years, man. Mm-hmm. And and speaking of the Jacksonville Jaguars, and, and I know that I've been off of their bandwagon for a while, but did you all notice that they're ranked fifth 
in the NFL in rushing? I mean, they got a rookie. Did you know who I was very uh, had high expectations for? Go ahead. But listen to who we're talking about. Jacksonville Jaguars. And I so wish I was still on the bandwagon, but I'm not. But I'm going to give them their just due. Do you realize that in total defense, the Jacksonville Jaguars are second in the NFL? Yes. In total defense. They had a good defense last year. They did. They did, they but, but nobody really knows about that because it was a Jacksonville Blake, Jaguars. Because Blake Bortles was out there throwing them into the ground. Every chance he gets, and then racking up stats at the second half when they're down. Um, it seems like forever ago that people were calling Joe Flacco elite. Like, what happened to that? He's just a mediocre quarterback. He just okay with me, man. He had a good day. He had a good day. I, I, I can't. I, I'm gonna be honest. I don't. I have no idea what's going on. Uh, speaking of which, Jacksonville is. is Are we talking about Flacco? Yeah, Flacco. Yeah, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, Flacco. I would never want to Flacco, Flacco bad. Like even he, he got real hot when he won that Super Bowl. He made some lucky throws, two lucky throws against Denver that should have never happened. It would have changed the whole how they looked at him. But I never was a Flacco fan. Like, but he got a strong arm, and that's funny. I agree. I, I mean, you don't, you never want to minimize it to. He may have got lucky and made through two good throws. I mean, he had a great little run there. I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but I mean, it wasn't just two throws. He just threw it up in the air. <laughs> I'm sure it was a little more than he just threw it up in the air. I, mean, I don't think he, I don't think he has much help out there. I, I don't know. They, that, that I didn't see that coming. Uh, Bill, another game did not see coming. Bills Broncos. You know, Simeon is twenty-eight. Nothing is, is not is not enough to, to put the second string in the game. By the way. Uh, absolutely not. I agree with you there. Absolutely not. Um, the Bills, after the first two games, Simeon is looking like uh, you know a league MVP candidate, and then you know has everybody saying, "Wow, Denver is legit," and Buffalo not so much. And then Broncos go in there and lose to the Bills. What 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 who, what, what is the Broncos? What are we taking from this game? I, I was I was telling I, I had some Buffalo fans over here last weekend, not not the past one, the one before that. And I was saying that the Bills defense has been looking pretty has been looking pretty good. Um, and uh, who did they play? Detroit or somebody? Who the Bills the week before? Oh no, no Carolina. It might have been Carolina. And I was like, man, their defense is looking pretty good. Yeah, they played Carolina the week yeah. before. And and they they showed they showed up again against Denver. Um, they they their their rookie rookie cornerbacks been playing great. Um, and you know they've been playing defense really. What, do, what what is what who the Broncos? It's, was Sim, was Simeon just a, a two week flash in the pan or or you know is he legit? This week it was zero touchdowns, two interceptions. You know uh, the running game never really got going. Who are the real Broncos? Slim, I think you picked Buffalo in this game too. I think nah. you mentioned, I thought you I thought you had picked Buffalo in this. Uh, Denver, man, for me, you know what? They went to Buffalo and they lost the game. I mean, we still don't. I'll tell you what the Denver Broncos are. They're a solid special teams team, and they're a solid defense. And they're an offense that has a run game. That's the most that we know about uh, about the Denver Broncos. Um, you know, the, that Bills defense is tough. And we'll find more. We'll find more. We'll, we'll find out about the Denver Broncos when they play the Oakland Raiders uh, this upcoming week. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not too down. I'm not too down on the Broncos. Um, I, I, I credit. I credit the Bills for, for what they. Okay, going into last week, played a decent game. You know, he, he didn't he didn't make the mistakes. Going into last week, if we had named 
one of the worst teams, the top five, excuse me, the bottom five worst teams in the NFL, the Bears would have been on that list. And if we were looking for one of the best teams, the Steelers would have been on that list. Somehow, the Bears find a way to beat the Steelers. Is that just a fluke game or the are the Browns? I, 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 I saw the Bears team that we played, the Tampa played, and uh, Tampa embarrassed them. Mike Lennon looked terrible. I don't know if maybe that was because of his old team or what may be. Um, and the Steelers looked like they picked right back up. They looked like an offensive juggernaut. Antonio Brown, Martavius Bryant, Le'Veon Bell. It looked like they were, you know, business as usual. And then they go on the Soldier Field and and pretty much, I mean, they got beat pretty handily. They were down the entire game. But Lennon still didn't do too much. Um, they, they, ran, they ran the ball. They got 220 yards on the ground out of the 5.8 a carry. Yes, that is a lot of rushing yards. I would agree that's with you there. The team that's going to do that is probably going to win the game. You got to remember that, you know, Pittsburgh, they, they creeped out of a, a win against Cleveland. Yep. And, 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 and DJ, I think you hit the nail on the head there. That's So if we're looking at the, the Pittsburgh resume so far, that is a, you creeped out a win against the uh, – the Browns. I mean, I guess we can call it an impressive win against the Vikings, and you've lost to the Bears. Maybe time for a little bit of concern? I just still think they got so much weapons talent on their team. Um, I, I don't really know what's going on. This game is weird. I mean, when, you, when, when a team get the rolling, you know, the blockers getting confident, they running the ball, getting six yards a carry. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to stop it at some point. I don't think it's time to, you know, you're not concerned about Pittsburgh. For me, Pittsburgh is, is, is almost like Seattle, you know, as long as they're, as long as they're alive and, and, you know, really don't matter what they do during the regular season, if that team is in the playoffs, that's a dangerous, that's a dangerous team. And if you look at their conference. That's what I was just about to say, the yeah, division. look at the division. Yeah. You know, Pittsburgh has all the time in the world to get themselves together. I yeah. think you got to credit Chicago with, with, with their two-headed monster that they have in the backfield. And, and you can't slouch. People have to remember, John Fox is a good coach. I agree. He's a good coach. So, so you can't sleep on Chicago. It was a good win for Chicago, but I fully expect Pittsburgh to bounce back. While, while, while you kind of want to panic on Pittsburgh, you can only panic for so much when you say <clears throat> in their division is Cincinnati, who's awful, who's 0-3. The Ravens just got beat by 100. By, by the Jags, and then the other team is the Browns. So there's really only, even if you slip, there's only so far you can slip in that division right now, which is kind of odd because for the last five years, that's probably been the best division in football. And all of a sudden, not so much. Yeah. That, and that happened kind of overnight. <laughs> um, Falcons-Lions, like you said, uh, Slim, you thought this, you, I, I like you also, thought this game was over and I thought the Lions would won. And turns out, after review, Golden Tate was ruled down. Then you get the 10-second runoff, and the Falcons win. Detroit's good. That's what I'm going to take from this. Detroit is good. And I remember I said last week or the week before, I feel like Golden Tate is extremely underrated as a football player. I've never been high on the Matthew Stafford uh, bandwagon, but I I guess I, I don't see why Matthew Stafford is – I think he's just as good as Matt Ryan. You know, I just don't think he has the weapons as Matt Ryan has. He, he, he's going to throw that ball, and he don't care who he's throwing it to. Nah, that's and, true. Uh, and I give him, I give him, I give him credit for that. He, he's confident in his throws and his arm, and he, he shares the ball. Lamont, you had anything to say on that one? No, I, uh, now go ahead, y'all keep going. The Falcons, I mean, you look at the Falcons and, and all that talent that they have, it's, it's kind of hard 
to pick against them, right? It is. And, I mean, Freeman did what he was supposed to do. Julio had a, Julio had a you know, 91-yard game. He didn't score. Um, I mean, what, what they, they won the game, but we just feel like, you know, it shouldn't have been that close because, you know, an inch away from Detroit, you know, winning this game. But, but you know, still going into someone's home and getting a win in the NFL was always, you know, was always hard to do. The Lions are good. I'm just I'm just going to say that. The, li- the Lions are good, and we haven't said that in years. Yeah. Yeah, they. Um, I don't like the way the game ended. As far as ending on, I think it was a ten, the ten second. Ten runoff. second runoff. No, nah, man, you don't. You don't end the game that way at all. But the Lions are good. Um, I think at the beginning of the season, I had that division coming down to Green Bay and Detroit being the uh, wild card team. It's just a matter of them keeping it up. I didn't see that, and and uh, I, I see that now. Um, the other team that we would have called one of the worst teams is. Uh, I mean, again, they beat the Browns, but. The Colts and Jacoby Brissett looks like, you know, not that bad. Again, especially considering the guy just got there. Um, the Colts, T.Y. Hilton is a talented receiver. That's never been discussed. I mean, that's never been debated. It's just a matter of who's going to get him the ball. And uh, Jacoby Brissett was able to get him the ball. And, and, I mean, he pretty much did the rest. Shit. I mean, he, he, he was incredible. Pretty much what that was. You know, they, they got some turnovers. Um... Brissett got the ball to, you know, T.Y., and that's, that's pretty much what happened here. It's There's no position in sports like the receiver in terms of, like, it doesn't matter how talented you are, you really only are as good as your quarterback. You, I mean, again, Lamont, in your scenario with Randy Moss, you know, best receiver in football goes there, irrelevant. Uh, we, we saw De- um, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, regarded as a top-five receiver, Last year, he was useless, you know what I mean? Just completely disappeared. And so many receivers that, you know, you really, T.Y. Hilton, you know, pretty much fall off the map since Andrew Luck has been hurt. And now you see this guy, it's like, oh, wow, that guy over there is pretty good. And it's like, yeah, he's been good. You know, they just didn't have any quarterback, anybody to get him the ball. I know that must be frustrating. Maybe that's why those guys have such big egos. Man, yeah, I mean, but I, I do feel like the great ones, when you are dependent on your quarterback, it's like, T.Y. Hilton, he had 150 some yards. He got Brissett. Yeah. And, you know, Brissett throws him a, you know, 10 yard pass. He's making all kinds of moves. He turns it into a 60 yard. Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, it helps that, that they were playing against the Cleveland Browns. Yes, I agree with that. That helps a lot. If, he, if he's throwing that ball to this any receiver, <coughs> they're probably not making that play. No, he's, he's talented. It's just, I mean, how many times have we seen it? I mean, you see, it really jumps out to you in fantasy that. You know, you have a guy like Larry Fitzgerald. He has Kurt Warner. He's getting 100 and something passes a game a year. And then Kurt Warner retires. Probably doesn't have 100 catches in three seasons. And then it's like, oh, Larry Fitzgerald's done. And then Carson Palmer comes and it's like, oh, wow. Who knew Larry Fitzgerald was a good receiver? You know, it's like right back to life again. And how many times have we seen that with certain quarter, you know, receivers that they, once the quarterback leaves, he gets real bad real quick. You know, so. But, yes, I, 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 these were two bad teams. So we knew one of them was going to have to win. That being said, uh, Brissett. Brissett didn't look bad. You know, he, he, he really didn't. Again, I, I still think sooner than later, the Colts are going to have to figure out what you're doing with Andrew Luck and, and what you're playing for. The longer he sits and the further the season goes with more losses, you you wonder, are you going to put him out there behind the bad offensive line just to see them get beat up again? Or, you know, what you're even playing for? You got something to say, DJ? You look like you was about to say something. No, I ain't got nothing to say. Okay, gotcha, buddy. 
Um, Tampa, maybe it's just because of my team. Maybe it's because of hard knocks. I really felt like we had kind of turned the page. From the beginning, everybody, and you know this to be true, DJ, well, everybody was always giving Jameis his praise for the first season. I was always cautious with it, and I said I really wasn't going to start judging him until that, that third year. And now is when I expected him to turn the corner. Um, told you I loved what I saw on Hard Knocks. Um, but too many times do I see these bonehead plays, these almost things that you want to call the Brett Favre thing where you just, what the hell was that? You know, just that was the dumbest thing. You, you're breaking every cardinal rule. And, and, you know, Brett Favre was famous for him, but Brett Favre also made a hell of a lot of plays, you know. And... Uh, I don't know. I saw I saw a lot of the same James in terms of just the things that I that I don't like. I saw a lot of them, and and, and it's just starting to. I don't know. I, I need to see him do less of that. Again, we don't have Doug Martin, which is huge. Um, but again, I, I I'm looking for James to take that next step because I do think he has all the tools. They've given him the weapons at a receiver, and I think he physically has all the tools. I mean, I like Davis. I didn't watch his game. I, I see you got three three um, interceptions, uh, but I also see you guys got 26 yards rushing. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> obviously, I mean, he's 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 probably stuck in a lot of third and longs. Yep. Uh, and you know, as a, as a player who, who you confident in your talent, and you know you have these tools, you're going to naturally try to make a play. And sometimes in the league, that's just good. And Minnesota has a good defense. It's going to result in turning the ball over. That's you know, Brett Favre' biggest thing is you know he he knew how, he was so good. I can make this. <coughs> uh, you might can't. You know, somebody's going to get their hands on the ball and it's going to tip interception and things like that happen. Um, I still I'm still a fan of James. I think he's going to be fine. But you guys will have to be able to run the ball. You you know what the term that we always hear about quarterbacks and it's and it's. Um, they extend the play. This guy can extend the play. You know, this guy can extend the play. You know who never extended a play a day in their life? Dan Marino, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. They extend any plays. The play is not there. You throw it down and you go to the next down. You know, if you get sacked, it's maybe a two-yard loss. You, you know, no interception. A lot of these times, Ben Roethlisberger comes to mind a lot. Brett Favre. A lot of these times when these guys extend the plays, a lot of bad things happen on extended plays. Who does the play? See, you can't you can't bring in you know the best quarterbacks ever. Use them as an example because there are hundreds and hundreds of other quarterbacks who can extend the play, but also can't. You know they not they not gonna be as successful as the other guys. They wish they had the ability to extend the play more. I wish Eli can extend the play. You know, it's a lot of times where you know because our offensive line is good, and if he can you know extend the play more, he can find them targets that we got down there. Aaron Rodgers. Extends the play. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers does. Russell, Eli is actually. I mean, Russell Wilson extends the play. And I think Russell Wilson is probably one of the best examples <laughs> ever in terms. Because when he extends the plays, it, it, he always is safe. He's safe with it. You know, when he when he rolls out and, and he does a lot of extending, he doesn't. It's When Ben does the, I got tackled by three people, shake all of them off, then just throw the ball as far as I possibly can in the triple coverage, and maybe somebody comes down with it and it's the greatest play ever. Or maybe it's an interception that we threw. In the triple coverage, you, you know what right. I mean. Um, Eli has actually taken it to the other extreme, and he not only does he not extend the play, he ends the play early. <laughs> you know I mean? he, he like just and goes down. Yeah, you get close to being falling. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's that's a whole other extreme. I think Ben. I think Ben 
is one of the best in extending the plays. If you look at throughout the course of his career, majority of the plays that are being made are from him extending plays. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yes. If you want to beat Pittsburgh, if you want to beat Pittsburgh, you keep Ben Roethlisberger in the pocket. So for me, the best two I know of extending the plays are Aaron Rodgers and Ben Roethlisberger. 100% agree with you that a lot of good things happen. If you were to pull up all of Ben Roethlisberger's interceptions and sack fumbles, I guarantee you, 80% of them are on extended plays. Whereas, though, if you had just gone down, that wouldn't have happened. Like, how many times? Yes, we've seen Ben Roethlisberger extend a play and make a great play. How many times have we seen Ben Roethlisberger shake off one defender, shake off a third, only to get sacked 20 yards behind the line of scrimmage, or throw some stupid pass? I'm with you on that, but I would, I would, probably, I would say that majority of Ben Roethlisberger's interceptions came from him being in the pocket, then extended plays. I would disagree. I, I mean, he's, he gets I don't a, agree with that, too. He gets, a lot, he gets a lot of tip balls when he's in the pocket. The you agree with which one, DJ? I agree with what, what Lamar said, because most of the time when I see Ben Roethlisberger shake somebody off of him, um, I see him completing balls down the field, because at that point, the defense already think the guy's sacked. He's throwing the ball, and he's completing touchdowns, first downs. Well, I'll tell, tell you what happened for me with that Tampa game. I think that we started to see. Ridiculous. I think we still, where was the Tampa Bay defense? Yes, that's what I was going to say. Case Keenum was looked like the worst quarterback ever, and then now <coughs> on the net, he comes out against us and he looks like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah. And and that offense just got smacked in the mouth. We have to remember that Vikings defense has been good for a number of years. It has, and our defense was supposed to be good. Yeah, and yeah. and here's a team on their backup quarterback. Um, and Steph Diggs, nobody was even come close to guarding Diggs. He put on a show while I'm I'm at home cheering for him because he's a Turk. But um, we had no answer for him. Uh, we didn't get any pressure on Case Keenum. He's back there all day. And we didn't we didn't stop anything. I, I I was expecting more out of us. I really was. And I and I'm you know I think it's time to maybe curb my expectations on the on the Bucks. I mean maybe I'm being over emotional. I don't know. Um, Texas Patriots. Tom Brady is. DJ, you always I know you, I know how much you hate uh, Tom and how much you say he's he's checked down. I don't know, but uh, this year he's throwing the ball down the field. I don't, I don't hate Tom, um, <laughs> but he's throwing the ball down the field this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I um, I, I've seen the last drive of this game, and it's just. <laughs> I mean, he's throwing the ball to, if you look at his touchdowns, he's, he's throwing the ball to just wild. First, he's in a pocket forever. <laughs> right, okay. Nobody's near him. And he is just throwing the ball to a receiver that's just wild. And I don't know how much that got to do with him. I don't know how much that got to do with this, you know. That game with a touchdown, that guy wasn't wide Cooks wasn't wide open. No, that one, he wasn't wide open. But that, that's the one I was going to. Yeah, that was some Aaron Rodgers looking stuff right there. And even on that drive. They had two third and longs. One of them might have been like third and 18. Yeah, third and 18. And, and you know, he catches, um, what's that, Gronk or somebody across the field. But still, still, same kind of thing. He's not being touched. He just hit the back there. And you know how, like, you play in a video game, but you're the one playing, and the dude that's behind you, like, hey, throw the seat. He's like, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> but, you, but you can't really see C because you look at that, you know, A and B. Right. Exactly. That's how Tom is. He's just back there, get to see everybody. <laughs> and nobody's touching him. And, 
you know, he's he, he's playing darts out there basically. But that last drive, I'm like, man, I thought I thought they were done. I'm like, you know, it's a big win for Watson. You know, Watson, I thought Watson played well. Third down, long, get it. Okay, they get him again. Third down, long, get it. I'm like, goodness gracious, next play, touchdown. I'm like, man, Tom, boy. The thing is, in the off season, when it, last year. When Cooks was on the Saints, I was like, that's a real weapon. And, you know, Drew Brees yeah. got him one. Then when he signed with New England, I was like, oh, Tom's got one. Mm-hmm. First two games, I forgot he was on the team. And I was like, what happened to uh, Cooks? You know, I was like, I thought he was supposed to be. And then, bam, but and isn't that New England's, that's just the way they do things. Like, you yeah, know, you just completely it, forget it, about, it. yeah, it, other than it's just like you never know what they're going to beat you with. You know? And any, any given day, the guy can look like an MVP, or they might not even dress. Yeah. You just never know what you're, what you're going to get. Um, Watson looks like, I think Watson, again, I don't believe in, in judging quarterbacks until the <laughs> third year, but I think Watson's going to be okay. Yeah. I, I, I think, agree. I like him. I think Watson's going to be okay. Yeah, he's going he, he, to be good. Um, that Houston's defense, you know. Did yeah. you see how fast Clowney was when he caught that uh, fumble or interception? Like he caught, he caught the what was it? I think it was an interception, a tip ball. He caught that and ran that to that. He left everybody else behind. Like that's a freak athlete right there. Yeah, no, that. Um, Jamal Clowney is yeah, that's scary. He, he he's a freak athlete. That's scary right there. And if you can get him and JJ Watt performing at the same time at the at the max level, which is what we've been waiting for for since Clowney's been drafted and just hasn't seen it happen, like that Texans defense definitely has the ingredients to be uh to be scary. The Texans always seem the Patriots always beat them, um, but you know they put up a fight this year. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah they, they did. Like, you see sometimes that they're all in the backfield. Then you see other plays that they're nowhere near. Yep. Um, Dolphins. Does more about them. Absolutely. Dolphins Jets. This is just awful. These. I, I mean, I was expecting a different outcome, yes. but it, I just picked these two bad teams, and you know one of them had to win. I picked I, the Jets. Y'all were like, you're tripping. And I told you the Jets were going to win. I thought the Jets were a candidate to go on 16. No, they weren't going to win 16. You know why I picked the Jets to win this game? Because it was a home game against the Miami Dolphins. And if you look at the history of the Jets and the Dolphins, especially when they come to New York, uh, the Dolphins, that seems to always be a game that they struggle. And I thought that this was a perfect opportunity for the Jets to pick up a win. And that's exactly what happened. I refuse to say, DJ, you don't possibly have anything to say. Um, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I, didn't see, I didn't see how... Jets go to win any of these games. I don't, <laughs> I don't. I just. I just don't see. It. I mean, only thing. Only reason I. I watch the Jets is for my safety from LSU, Jamal Adams, who you know he had a sack and two tackles for a loss. You know he's. You know he's a, he's a he's a hell of a player. And, um, but they they really they stopped. Miami could run the ball at all. They couldn't. They couldn't. They couldn't. The Jets defense looked really good. Good for them. Definitely good for them. Um, Ajay couldn't do anything. Um, moving on to um, your game, DJ. 61-yard field goal mm. as time from expires. A rookie, right? From a rookie. From a rookie. Um, uh, you know, this game, you know, early on, I was very frustrated. Same, same old stuff. Came on the ball. Um, can't block. Um... Two, two fourth down conversions we don't get in, in within the ten yard line, and which came back to home us because we lost by three. Um, 
I thought I thought Philly I thought Philly was playing well. I still thought our defense was playing well, but our offense couldn't do anything. And then out of nowhere, you know, Brandon Marshall starts to move the chains for us. Um, Odell Beck was making plays. They, the, the touchdown that they called back, I thought with a touchdown was Sterling. Well, um, was the kid Shepard? Mm-hmm. He, um, I don't know if you if you've seen that. Um, he got he took three steps. Then fell to his knee. Then when he hit the ground, the ball came. Right. I agree. I thought I thought the ground. I thought the ball caused. I thought the ground caused. Excuse me. The ground did, and, and, and they didn't even challenge it. Um, so just overall, by the end of this game, I mean, I, I wasn't I wasn't as mad as I was early. I seen I seen when Eli started clicking with Odell, we started clicking with Shepard and Marshall. I seen something there. I do. I like our tight end. Um, I still think we should have used that pick on Dobbin Cook because he's turning out to be really good. Yes, he is. In Minnesota. Um, last year, we had the same pick. I mean, we could have got Derrick Henry. I, I don't know why they just won't get us a running back. Um, but I, I seen I seen some flashes. It took, it took for them to, um, to kick a, a 61-yard field goal to, to win the game. But a lot of, a lot of BS happened. We had a, a, bad, a bad punt that turned into... You know, the kid throwing a, a, a 15, 16 yard pass and him just getting out of bounds with one second left. This is some bad luck. Um, I'm not, we're on three, but if we can bounce back against Tampa Bay this weekend, I think we can build. Only well, three is a bad spot. Three things that I pass with you, uh, but one, uh, the Giants got outrushed 193 to 49. Not good. Uh, Eli Manning threw the ball 47 times. It's what more of the same. That's what you know. That's what was, that was the problem last year. DJ just the the, the Eli Manning 47, 45 up in the 50s. No, like I mean, you don't want anybody throwing the ball that much, and especially and, and not him. And then third, when we got to a point. I, I kind of didn't want us to run the ball. Yeah, because so you can't. I'm not mad at that. I was like, yo, stop running. But you can't become that one dimensional. You just can't. Yeah. Especially got, especially when your quarterback back. can't move. You're having trouble yeah. pass blocking, pass protecting the quarterback. And now the quarter, the defense ends. Correct me if I'm wrong. Once you become that one-dimensional, they're just teeing off, you know, and, and it's bombs away. And then the third thing I want to say is Odell Beckham. This isn't breaking news, but that that kid is special. He's he's he's, he's special. emotional. He's special. He's definitely emotional, and and me and Lamont are in agreement with that. That daddy needs to taper, but he he's got the type of talent that makes you turn turn your head. I like all our receivers. I think we got four legit weapons that receiver. I like Shepard. I do too. What do you what do you got, Ramon? I think that that field goal kicker did the NFC a favor by 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 making that field goal because what I saw as I watched this game in that second half, I saw Eli getting on the same page with his wide receiver core, and and. I'm going to disagree with you all on this. Under normal circumstances, I don't want my quarterback having to throw the ball that many times. But I like Eli Manning throwing the ball with this wide receiver core. If, if, if Odell's going to play emotional, I need B, I need Brandon Marshall to feed off of his emotion, and then he needs to get emotional because that is a dangerous offense that I think is just waiting to explode. And we saw it some this week. We saw it some in this second half. Um, I picked the Giants to win the NFC East. Um, 
you know, I thought that they would mesh a heck of a lot better. I, I thought offensively they would be a heck of a lot better. I thought the defense was always solid. Um, with that said, um, you know, I'm not counting the Giants out of this thing yet. I, I was I was impressed with what I saw in that second half uh, with regards to Eli, uh, Odell Beckham getting involved, Brandon Marshall getting involved, him getting the ball around. And um, I think that we're going to see a, a whole other outcome next week. I, I, I agree with you 100% everything you just said. You know, they can give Eli a few seconds to throw the ball. And we're, we're a dangerous team, you know, dangerous team to stop. I just, I get scared every time we run the ball. All right, moving on. Saints, Panthers. Um, this is what I'm seeing from the Panthers. If they're, if we're going to reduce Cam to a pocket, a pocket passing quarterback, he's not going to be the Cam, the most dominant player in the NFL, not just quarterback, just running, goal line, back, everything. He's just going to stand back there and attempt to throw the ball from the quarter, from the pocket. Uh, Carolina doesn't stand a shot. Like, that's not what Cam's doing. And we're watching Cam over here overthrowing receivers by five yards, crossing routes ten feet over the people's head. That's that's just not who he is. You know, and that, his MVP season, we saw all of his attributes on display. Him out throwing outside of the pocket, him throwing the ball down the field, him running and picking up. And I understand, you, you know, obviously there's risks, health risk, and their goal is to keep him healthy. But if Cam Newton's going to throw the ball 26 times and run the ball three times, you're going to lose. Yeah. It doesn't even seem like they're 2 on 1. It seems like they're 3 right, right, because we are not seeing that we're yet to see Superman, you know what I mean, like at all. So you're right, it doesn't. It feels like they're on 3 because essentially Cam has done nothing in three weeks. And we know in order for Carolina to be relevant, Cam needs to be Superman. So other than that, I mean, it, you're right, it does. It, it just it feels like they're not. They're, they're, their record is worse than 2-1. and one. And Kelvin Benjamin being hurt again doesn't help them at all. I mean, we, we, saw, we, saw, we finally saw McCaffrey, you know, he, he got out of the backfield, got some receptions, you know, got over 100 yards receiving. We saw some flashes of him, but without Benjamin, it's not going to be. Or Olsen. Right. The Olsen thing is huge. He broke his foot and he's yeah. done. And, yeah. uh, I mean, they said Benjamin was – anybody who saw what happened to Benjamin, that dude got bent backwards and folded up like a pretzel. That didn't look good. But I'll tell you what, um, Drew Brees, 22 for 29 with three touchdowns. That's that's the, you know – He throws some of the prettiest ball you've ever he seen in your really life, does. man. He really does. Um, you know, it's amazing, and, and, and I said this – you know, and a number of people say this. Have you noticed how different that to me that Carolina Panthers team does not play with the same amount of energy that they had when Josh Norman was there? I have not seen that type. I haven't seen a Carolina. Uh, I haven't seen a Carolina Panther team that had a sense of a sense of urgency. That's, I, I didn't. I never. I never thought about that because I was never really a Josh Norman fan. But that is an accurate statement. I mean, you see what he's doing over here with the Washington Redskins with regards to energy, with regards to leadership. And it's not just what he does on game day um, and in and, and the media. It's what he does on, on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, with that said, I'm happy for the, I'm happy for the Saints. I'm glad they're finally able to get you know get things together. How many how many yards did Adrian Peterson? Got? 33 on nine carries. I, I, I think that, that – I don't know if it's him, but, but I don't think it's going to happen. It's not going to happen here. It's in the on the Saints. It's, it's time to uh, as a guy who owns him in two or three leagues, uh, he won't be seen the field anytime soon. And he's two games away from being released. Like he's 
I, I don't think it's gonna happen there. Release them, release them now. So you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and then, <laughs> hey, you wanna know what's crazy is, is and you know, in this game, I'm not too concerned with AP because you're going against number one, like one of the uh, top three overall defenses in the National Football League in the Carolina Panthers. So, you know, ultimately, when you look at the Carolina Panthers, this has to be on Cam Newton's shoulder. Your defense is a top defense in the National Football League. And, and, and agreed. And the thing is, is that the Saints are the worst defense. So if Cam didn't do it this week, I don't know what he's going to do. Yeah. If you couldn't throw the ball down the field on the Saints, I don't know who you're going to throw the ball down the field on. Um, moving on, next game. What was that next one? Seahawks Titans. So, <laughs> oddly enough, we were talking about just last week how Richard Sherman is just nonstop always blasting the offense and how they're not good enough to win. Russell Wilson goes out there and puts on a show, and and what do you know? The defense isn't good enough to win. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's to me that's one of the reasons that you that you don't do all that. You know, talk because it's. I mean, now what? You know, Russell Westbrook did his part. He, I mean, he looked phenomenal and. They got beat. That Seahawks team, I mean, again, we've been saying this for years, and, you, you, you know, I know what your stance is, Boogie, and it's absolutely right. But Seattle <coughs> doesn't look right. We say this every year, but they, to me, they don't look right. And, and, again, ever since that Marshawn Lynch Super Bowl thing, and then, you know, the following year, and the, the, the running back situation is a revolving door, literally a revolving door, and the team doesn't seem to have that swagger that it did when Marshawn was there. DJ? Um I can see I can see where 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 people would say that. Um I, I, I don't I don't panic too much with them though. Um I'm it's good to see Russell having a game like this, keep having a game like this, because the defense the defense ain't gonna keep giving up thirty three points. So um I, I'm not I'm not panicking on him at all. We, you know, we all thought that, you know, the Titans was going to be a better team than they've been. They ran the ball. 195 yards rushing. Yeah. That's um, a lot. So, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not panicking yet. Okay. Boogie, anything? Um, so, I'm looking I'm up here. Okay, so, yeah. Um, when you look at this game, uh, the Tennessee Titans are, 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 are right second in the NFL in rushing behind the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, so I, I think that what took place was, you know, Seattle, they played against a, a, a soft. One thing against the Seattle Seahawks, if you're able to run the ball against them, you can beat them. Those that, guys will be aggressive on play action fakes. Um, and, and you can't allow the Seahawks to force you to be one-dimensional. That's what and It looks like that's what Tennessee did. They just came out there and just put it on those guys. They did. They did. Um, Bengals-Packers. More losing for the Bengals. I told you they're going to be 0-3. I thought Green Bay was going to win, but I thought it would be a more convincing win. Um, there's no such thing as moral victories, obviously, but that was the best Bengals performance that they put together all season long. <laughs> Um, it's better than they looked in the first two games. And Aaron Rodgers, man, that guy is special. That guy really is special. That, yeah, that's all that I can say about this performance. I, I thought this game would be a blowout, uh, but they, they came out there and they and they they should have won the game. Um, but like you say, when you you know you dealing with you dealing with a different kind of dude, man. Um, yep. Aaron Rodgers just he he knows how to trick you and. 
and make the right throws and get out of the pocket. And he's, he's Allison, 122 yards. Man. Never even heard of him before. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and he drops some passes. I mean, he he just a he just a, a fun dude to just just to watch, man. Um, and it's unfortunate for for the Bengals who played well, you know, went out there and played well, still came away with hell. Cincinnati, this is where where when you talk about just having a team that lacks discipline, that's where that I mean ultimately that came back to bite them in the butt. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, what he was able to do, I believe he lost either two or three of his starting offensive linemen. Both of his tackles, I believe, got hurt in this game. Um, so for him to, to add, for him to to just be able to to work the way he works is, is amazing. But I will talk about Cincinnati. Is that is is it Nixon? Mixon? Nixon. Yeah. That boy is going to be special in the National Football League. He's starting to get his, he's starting to get his legs underneath of him. He's starting to build. He's starting to get confidence. I see it coming, and, and he's a guy that he's a guy that I look at almost like Chris Thompson, but a lot stronger. He's a guy that has he has enough speed that he can go to the house, but he also has that power and and and, and, mm-hmm. and that willingness to bite down on his mouthpiece and lower his shoulder and pick up those tough yards. He's a four down back. Um, with that said. I still don't think Cincinnati is is out of it. I know we picked Cincinnati to finish to finish last, but once again, you look at that division. This Cincinnati's a team. You have AJ Green, you yeah. got Nick, you got Mixon who's who's starting to come into his own. If this defense gets it together and everybody in the division continues to not get better, man, Cincinnati could find themselves being in the hunt to it towards the end of the season. All on Andy Dalton. Just, yeah, and I, I feel like Andy Andy bought bought himself some time with this game here. Yeah. Because they're on his heels. Yeah. yeah. Um, Chiefs Chargers. Chiefs have to. Uh, you have to say, if we're doing the power rankings, and this was a college football thing, the Chiefs have to be ranked number one in the NFL right now. Yeah. I, I would rank them. Yeah. The, 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 the Chiefs are definitely, uh, the Chiefs are definitely the number one ranked team. Andy Reid, with those weapons that he has out there, um, Alex Smith at, at the quarterback position, man, it's 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 fun to watch. Especially that boy Tyreek Hill. You yep. got Hunt. Yep. You got Kelsey. I mean that 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 team is like that, that's a fun team to watch, and especially with the creativity of Andy Reid. Yep. I mean, you run a shovel pass, a, a boot shovel pass. Last week was tight end, and then you know last, last week was Tyreek Hill. No, last week was Kelsey, and then Kelsey, this week yeah. this week he ran into the, uh, another tight end. And and to my power rankings, how about this for power rankings? Offense, total offense, the Kansas City Chiefs are ranked third. All right? The Kansas City Chiefs are the number one ranked running offense in the National Football League. That right there alone, man, that just lets you know that Andy Reid is, 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 he, he's, he's settled in and he's got some serious weapons. Personally, I think collectively, when you look at position by position, this is the most talent. This, these are the most weapons that Andy Reid has had mm-hmm. in his entire coaching career. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know the Chiefs. Are, Chiefs are good. I said that in week one when you know, everybody was asking what's wrong with the Patriots. Nothing's wrong with the Patriots. The Chiefs are just good. <laughs> you know, I mean, the Chiefs are just good. Let's not make everything about the Patriots. The Chiefs yeah, are I've good. Always, I've always respected Andy Reid. Um, he 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 beat on us a whole lot with Donovan McNabb over there in Philly. Um, he he's. He's always been a, a good coach to me. I've always respected him. And not just the offense, their defense is, is also playing well, too. Yeah. Um, and, and then a game, another shocker. Um, the Raiders, who we, we thought was one of the best teams in football, 
Um, and the Redskins, they come here, and the Redskins beat them from the word jump. Uh, the second play of the game, Lamont, uh, I know you will watch this for every snap. Uh, I don't know how much of this you watch, DJ. Second play of the game, um, Derek Carr just throws the ball up in the air, essentially. I, I, I don't know what the hell that was for it to be the second play of the game. It was The ball was in the air, would seem like forever. It mm-hmm. uh, looked like the ball never really had a chance to go anywhere. And that, that pretty much set the tone. Like This had a potential to be even worse than this. Mm-hmm. Than what the actual score says. I mean, they were down fourteen nothing out the break. It was literally was uh, was about to go down twenty one nothing. The Redskins look good. Uh, Chris Thompson looked like Marshall Falk, Ladainian Thomason all rolled up in one mm-hmm. out there. Um, everything clicked for the Redskins. Uh, Vernon, Vernon looked good, right? Mm-hmm. Vernon was out there leaving people and uh, Jordan Reed. Who? I mean, Vernon looked Vernon looked really good, and Kirk Cousins looked really good, and the Raiders looked really bad. And none of us, or at least I know me and DJ, were never really that that high on Josh Norman. But I tell you what, we we got to give him his props. Michael Crabtree had one catch, two catches. He did nothing. Nothing. He he, he did nothing. And Built my fantasy. The, the Raiders did nothing. Mm-hmm. Marshawn Lynch did nothing. The Raiders did nothing. The Redskins beat him every aspect of the game. The yeah, that was weird. Um, I can't. I don't really know what happened this game. I mean, I thought the Redskins had more rushing yards than they had, but I guess they come from Thompson having all them receiving yards. But it just, it just wasn't. I think kind of like like Baltimore, they just didn't show up. It just wasn't their night. Yeah, I, I agree. That that's that that's the only way to put it. You're exactly right. Like Baltimore, they just they just didn't show up. Yeah. I would say this. I, you know, I watched that game from beginning to end, and. The risk, the Raiders just, every time the camera showed their faces, it just didn't look like they were interested in this game. And ultimately, this game comes down to the defensive coordinator for the Washington Redskins. I, you know, I've been listening to Cooley's film breakdown and just listening to the different interviews. And basically, it was the defensive scheme that got the Raiders off, off you know, they got the Raiders so, so, so all out of wax. That second player of the game, at the snap, the the, 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 the Redskins show the quarters look. And with the quarters look, you have your full secondary. You have both of your corners and you have both of your safeties. Each of them is responsible for a quarter of the field. That was the pre-snap look that he got. That he got. At the snap of the ball, Breland, who was sitting at about 9 or 10 yards, he came up and jammed, I believe it was Omari Cooper. That's who, who Carr was trying to go to, which changed the, which changed the whole look from a quarters look to a cover two look. Now instead of having four guys deep, now they've transferred to having your two corners sitting on sitting low at five yards defending the sidelines, and now your two safeties are the two are the two deep guys. He thought that Breland and Cooper were going to be one on one because of the quarters look. Mm-hmm. All right, and the Redskins did a great job of, of squeezing a pocket, keeping Carr in the pocket. And and they were hitting him. Swearinger was coming up there in Landon Wood. Yes, they and, were. And and at the end of the day, when you look at the Redskins game plan from an offensive standpoint, they beat the Raiders the way you have to the way you needed to beat the Raiders. They beat up Khalil Mack. All right. They they did uh I forgot Moses, he did a great job of, of blocking Khalil Mack. Uh John, uh Jay Gruden did a great job of coming up with a game plan. Sheriff and looked good. Sheriff looked good and, and think about this. What did they do the week before? The Redskins run the ball. They ran the ball. They came out this. They came out against the Raiders, and they had a whole nother game plan. And and for me, that's how the Redskins are going to have to win this year. Kirk Cousins did a great job, and I've been saying it all year long. 
Kirk Cousins will be successful if you give him a run game. And if you look at these last two games from a pass, run, play calling standpoint, the Redskins have been balanced. And if you're going to be balanced, then, then you're going to give Kirk Cousins a chance to win. 25 for 30, three touchdowns, 356 yards. DJ, I think you hit the nail on the head. Oakland didn't show up, much like Baltimore. They didn't show up. Marshawn Lynch, six carries, 18 yards. Even when you talk about camera, every time they showed Marshawn Lynch, he had a knit skull cap. He just didn't look like, I was wondering if he was going back in the game. <laughs> you know, he, he looked just not interested in the whole team, body language-wise, everything. They, they didn't show up. <laughs> Obviously, the score didn't get as out of hand as the Baltimore game, but same thing. Um, let me see. Was that the last one? Oh, then it's Monday night. The Cowboys make a comeback. Um, and that that also looked like it had the potential to get out of hand early. And it looked like the Cardinals were about to blow out the Cowboys. And um, they said, nah, not, not so fast. And um, and they and they come back. Ezekiel Elliott pulls out a 30-yard run. And Dak Prescott does what he does, which is, in my manages the game. 13 for 18, doesn't make any mistakes, and, and you know, lets the running game do their thing and lets the defense do their thing. Yeah, that 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 um that read option with Dak and um and Zeke is, is dangerous, man. because um, because you're going to go to Zeke, he's draft eighteen hundred yards, and then Dak can run the ball and it just leaves open touchdowns and first downs for them dudes. And and Dak I think that that I like that man. He he, he don't make any mistakes. Um he made a big throw in that game, that touchdown with Butler. Um I, I love that throw, but on the other side, they just, Carson looked like Eli out there. They couldn't block for him. Um, Lawrence was in the backfield. It seemed like he had six sacks. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and Carson, who, who, who played well, he just, there was just a lot of times where he just couldn't, he just didn't have time. No. Nah. He couldn't run the ball. Absolutely. I, tell you, I, I will tell you this, though. Um, that was a solid win for for Dallas. It was on the road. Yeah, that was definitely, Monday night. That was definitely a solid win, but I got to give a shout out to this guy, Larry. Right? Thirteen receptions for 149 yards, a touchdown. I mean, come on, man. That jump ball. Come Did on, you man. see that? That that fifty yard pass he caught. Larry Fitzgerald yeah. is still out there doing it, man. He is. Got to give a shout out to Fitzgerald. He's amazing. Yeah, he really is. He he really is. He's one of the best shortest hands in NFL history. He's yeah. amazing. Let's get into these picks tonight. Bears Packers in Green Bay. I will take the Packers. 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 Uh, the Saints go to Miami. I will take the Saints. I got Saints. Yeah, I take Saints too. The Bills go to Atlanta. I always take Atlanta in the dome. Atlanta. <laughs> I'm gonna go. Hold on, the boogie's. I'm gonna go Buffalo, in Atlanta, in the dome. I'm gonna go Buffalo. Let me take a chance right there. Let's go Buffalo. Tripping. Think Tyrod Taylor gonna hurt him with his feet? Okay. <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of hurt. Uh, Bengals, Browns. Bengals get their first win. Bengals. Bengals. Yeah, the Bengals lose to Cleveland and go <laughs> 0 4. Marvin Lewis's seat is good. This seat warmer is gonna be on. Promise you that. He's getting through the season, MG. <laughs> 0-4? He's getting through the season. He's getting through the season. He's getting through the season. What, what, what did you say, DJ? What were you about to say? They go home. Cleveland, it might be over. Exactly. He's, 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 he's getting through the season. 
And 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 you have too many players on that squad that without Marvin Lewis being there, that things will probably get really. I agree really with that. Bad. That I do agree with you. So on. for that reason alone, Marvin Lewis is going to get through the season. That I do agree with you on. And I'm taking the Bengals. I believe I believe Murphy comes back this game too. Yeah, that's a big difference. Yeah, that's huge. I do believe he's the heart and soul of their defense. <coughs> Uh, Rams, Cowboys in in um in Jerry World. Cowboys for me. Give me the. Ooh, I was about to say it. I'll go to Cowboys. I'll say it. Give me the Rams. That's a good pick. I, give me the Rams. For lack of a better word, I wish I had the balls to do that. Cause I I I'm, I'm gonna sit here and I envy you. That that's a good pick. Wins Wilson against that Prescott. Yes, sir. I'm liking that. I I like it. I'm. I saw you. I saw you. Give me the Rams. Give me the Rams. Game thirty nine. I don't care, Joe. I think that. That offense. That that offense. That offense is 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 clicking, and and I just like Wade Phillips against that Prescott. I just think that that's an advantage that favors the Rams. Give me the Rams. You talk me into it. Uh, Lions Vikings. I'm gonna go Lions. That's a tough. That's a two. Ooh. Ooh. And this is in Minnesota? It's in Minnesota. Oh, man. I'm not believing Minnesota. I'm going Detroit. So, me and Boogie taking the Lions. DJ, you have the Vikings. Panthers, Patriots in New England. Give me New England. We already know that one. Patriots. Yes. Uh, Jaguars, Jets. Jags. Jags. I want to take. I want to take my Jets. Now nah, you know what? I I, I, I don't want to do Jacksonville. I don't want to do Jacksonville. I'll take them. I, I'll take the Jaguars. The, the Jets. I, I got a real funny feeling that's going to be the Jets' only win of the season. Is that one they had last week? I'm taking Jags. So that's unanimous Jags. Yeah. Steelers Ravens in Baltimore. Steelers. Steelers. I think the Ravens might might be in trouble. That. They're yeah, coming back from London. They're coming. Remember, they're coming back from London. A nice little beat down too. <clears throat> Give me the Steelers. Um, Titans, Texans. Titans. Titans. In Texans. In Houston. Hey man, Texans. Two Titans and the Texans. So me and Boogie taking the Titans. DJ, you got the Texans. 49ers Cardinals in Arizona. Sure. Give me the Cardinals. It's a pickup game right now. Arizona. Um, yeah, give me Arizona. Give me Arizona. Eagles Chargers. In San Diego. But still give me the Eagles. I don't like the Chargers. I don't know. I don't like them, but they gotta they gotta go to that West Coast. Let me take the Chargers. I would go with the Chargers too. I'm lying. I'll go with the Chargers. <laughs> you know what? I like Phil Rivers. I've been on that Chargers bandwagon, but I'm gonna go with the Eagles in this one. I, I don't think the Chargers are on four bad. And, and, and going across <laughs> that country, give me the Chargers. They got to win one of these home games, right? Maybe they don't, actually. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Eagles. Okay. So me and DJ are on the Chargers? Yeah. Then, the game, DJ, Giants-Bucks in Tampa. Giants. Let me give us the Bucks. Give me the Bucks at home. Got to win. I am going with the G-Men. Mm. Okay. So I'm on by myself. Raiders Broncos in Denver. Good game. Good game. Raiders got to bounce back. Give me the Raiders. Got to bounce back. It's in Denver. In Denver. 
Endeavor, right? Yep. Give me a Broncos, bitch. I'm going to go Broncos. Jamal Charles is going to be a problem. Raiders or not? I'll go Raiders. I got Raiders. Uh, Colts, Seahawks in Seattle. Give me the Seahawks. 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 Monday Night Football. The Chiefs. The Redskins travel to Kansas City. Give me the Chiefs. I'm going Chiefs by 10 plus. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. All right, well, that is this week's show. Thank you for everybody for tuning in. We appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Make sure you check us all out next week. Enjoy your football, and we will see you next week. Later, guys. Peace.